Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Key Ingredient Podcast. Today, we're going to have a conversation about one of my favorite things to discuss, food. I'm joined by Guy Clark of Sizzling Dining here in Naples, Florida. Guy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to this conversation. Like I said, like most people, I enjoy food. I love everything about it. Yeah. And uh, to me, it's always been just a great experience, right? Of course, we enjoy the taste of food, but the experience behind it. So looking forward to having a conversation about eating. And uh, if you don't mind, maybe if you could just tell our listeners and viewers just a little bit about yourself, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, my name is Guy Clark, and I'm the founder of Sizzle Dining. It's a restaurant week here in Southwest Florida. I've been a permanent member of Southwest Florida since 2007, but I've actually been here and back and forth between the East Coast since 79. Um, so for quite some time, I've made Naples, Southwest Florida, kind of my temporary home. And then like most people, as I grew up, I uh, wanted to permanently move down here. So Sure. I don't blame you. So let, let's discuss sizzle dining a little bit. Sure. Tell me about that, the concept, where it came from, and kind of what you do. Absolutely. Well, Sizzle Dining, the, the official like website version is like it's a three week long culinary adventure hike, you know, showcasing all of the best restaurants that we have here from um, Cape Coral all the way down to Marco Island and everywhere tasty in between. So the restaurants put these amazing three course menus together and they're either this year they're starting at uh, 32 or 42 dollars for these. Some have a 52 and a 62, the higher end. Sure. But it, we focus on the 32 or 42. That's the entry level three course. And they, the restaurants really go crazy with these. And then the consumer out there gets to try all these uh, amazing new restaurants. And they go to their favorites. And then we really implore them to try something new. Try, try something different. And that's really kind of what makes up Restaurant Week. Now, as a whole, Restaurant Week has been around for 20-something years. It was invented in New York City. Um, the tourism got together and basically they had the DNC convention was coming into town and they wanted to do something special for all of these people and help their city. And so they came up with this idea of a uh, restaurant week and it's flourished since then. And then it's spread all over the world. There are like 500 different restaurant weeks um, all over the world. Some of the biggest being New York city, sure. the Miami spice is a really big one. They have over 300 restaurants and they're two months long. Is it really two months long? Two is it going months. on right now or it when is, did it usually go? It is going on right now, actually. Okay. Um, so you can dine pretty much from like West Palm all the way down to Miami Hialeah. I mean, anywhere on the whole East Coast pretty much is participating uh, in the event. So it's the, the event is Restaurant Week has really grown and helped a lot of cities and a lot of states actually uh, throw a, a statewide Restaurant Week as well. So. Very interesting concept. Yeah, there really is. So what are the dates for Restaurant Week down here? For this year, for us, Sizzle Dining is September 8th through the 28th. So okay. It's 21 okay. days long. So it's not a week. It's, it's three weeks. It's like not. You said. And, yeah. that's, and that's why really the name is Sizzle Dining. Yeah. You know, we just say Sizzle Dining. It's the Sizzle Dining event. And then I'll throw like Restaurant Week on afterwards so that some people kind of get an idea of what it is. Looking forward, five years, ten years in the future, everybody will understand sizzle dining. They'll just they'll just get it. Of course. So, so what made you start sizzle? Like, how did that? How did the concept come to you? Well, the area really didn't have anything like that. Uh, back in 2014, uh, I had left the music industry and I was here and trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And my wife had said, "What do you love? What do you want to do?" And I was like, "I love to eat. I love food. You know, I've." <laughs> Years ago, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a chef, and um, it's it was just my thing, you know. I'm, I'm a big guy, so uh, she's like, "Well, why don't you take?" You know, I was 
doing events in the music industry. So why don't you take that experience in the food industry? And I kid you not, like a week later, she's reading the paper and there's a story about this event coming called Bacon Fest with the Kiwanis. And I immediately went down and volunteered and I was like, let's do this. Sure. And so we ran Bacon Fest for a couple of years and then just saw there was a need in the area for something more. And being that restaurant week was all over the place, you know, New York City, Miami, it was kind of an easy thing to be able to do. So um, I had a partner back then. And the, between the partner and I, we hashed out the idea and hashed out how it plays. I was more of the COO, the operations kind of get her done kind of person. Sure. And uh, my other partner was kind of more of the face and the mouthpiece. Um, so that moved forward. And then, um, you know, it's grown and grown and grown every single year. It's been fantastic. And pre-COVID, we had 73 restaurants on board. Okay. And then obviously COVID, don't need to rehash all of that. Sure. Crap. Excuse me. And, <laughs> um, you know, now post-COVID, last year we threw like a mini one. It had 28 restaurants. Uh, they sold a little over 20,000 dinners. So the charity really benefited greatly from that, which is kind of the, the, the real goal of this is to help the restaurants and then help uh, blessings in a backpack. Right. You know, okay. Yeah. So important to me. Um, and then now this year we're at uh, 49, we had 50, but one of the restaurants, uh, had some health issues and, uh, really wanted to back out of this. And of course, you know, we're, we're there to help in any way. And so we're 49 restaurants this year, which is a, a great number for us next year. You know, any restaurants listening in, you want to be a part, reach out, let's do it. So what do they reach out to you directly and just say they want to be part of it? Is that, is that kind of the some process? Some of them do yeah. that. I yeah. mean, I obviously, as you know, like a salesy person go out and say, Hey, you should really join this event. It's going to help you. Sure. And, uh, you know, I expose them to what the event is. And then, uh, some of them know about it, see it, reach out to us. It's been a, a, a joint kind of venture in growing the event. It's getting the restaurants to understand what the event is. That I think is one of the biggest hurdles that we have. Uh, not that they don't get the concept, but seeing that the concept works, seeing that uh, it's going to fit what they're looking to do. You know, we had one restaurant that was struggling with dinners. They, they were breakfast and lunch, struggling with dinners. And obviously this is a dinner centric event. Right. So that's going to really help them out. If you've got a pizzeria joint that doesn't really do three course dinners, that's tough to really fit into this, you know, event. So, but we are planning on a future different event that's going to be able to open up to the restaurants that don't fit within sizzle too so that'll help the, the rest of the awesome places to eat the tacos the pizzas the burgers and things absolutely which is terrific as well so yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense so you know this is an entrepreneurial show as you know so yeah. one of the things i always like to do is kind of understand why people got into what they what they're doing now and for mm -hmm. you it's interesting so you were you wanted to be a chef you said i just want to go back to that yeah. if you don't mind so yeah, was that in high yeah. school or when, when did you want to be a chef it was actually I was probably like seven years old or so. Um, seven years old. Okay. I, I grew up an only child, um, single mom. Mm -hmm. it, it was tough. You know, I, I don't, I hate to sob story and this and that, but you know, to understand the, 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 the heart and passion of this, I think, you know, they've got to understand like where I came from. You know, we moved every year. I went to five different middle schools, five to four different high schools. I, I mean, it was a struggle, single mom and everything. And sure. we, we didn't have food in the house a lot at all. It was boiled whole chickens in a pot of water. It was mac and cheese. It was, I caught some fish in the pond and that was, it, it was, it was a struggle. Yeah. So having that food insecurity, like the one thing I always looked forward to, the one thing my mom and I used to splurge on was once a month, um, 
we'd pull out the red and white checkerboard Betty Crocker cookbook <laughs> that everybody your grandma has in the kitchen. We pulled it out and I would leaf through and we would pick something, go to the grocery store together and I would cook it. She would kind of teach me along the way, you know, the things that I needed to learn as a, as a child. And that was like the one thing I really looked forward to was that, that time together. So you wanted to be a chef at age seven, right? Yeah, Later on, you kind of segued into, you said that more the radio industry. Um, oh, that was just, yeah. That was. Yeah, pre-Navy. I okay. got an opportunity okay. to be, you know, on the radios young and, you know, you're just taking jobs. Well, you have a great radio voice. Fun. So, Thank so you. <laughs> it Thank makes you. sense. So what happened after that guy? Oh, I mean, many different things. Okay. I, I'm one of those kind of people that's, I'm a sponge. I like to learn a lot of different things. Sure. And I have ADHD. So two, three years into something and I'm onto something else. Okay. Like, okay. Can't, can't stand too long. So I could, I could take forever and list all the different things. Uh, I put myself through nursing. I, I was in the Navy as a corpsman on okay. a submarine. Okay. I got out and I had to uh, redo all my certifications in uh, medicine because New York State didn't recognize anything the Navy did. So as I was putting myself through nursing school, I started selling junk on eBay. That led into a career of buying and selling, you know, antiques. I mean, I was up to $20,000 paintings, $10,000 Louis Vuitton trunks, you know, Lalique glassware. I mean, wow. it was kind of a crazy trip. But as I kept learning this antique stuff and going to the auctions, and then I graduated nursing school, 3.85 average and I never went into nursing school because the antique business was Is that so right? That's such a crazy. very difficult profession to get into being a nurse. And, and you didn't, you never even went into it, really. I never did. I ended up getting, while I was in nursing school to pay the bills, yeah. I got five part-time jobs working at five local auction houses. So I was that, I was the Vanna White. I was the guy who <laughs> turned the letter, held everything, yeah. and, you know, helped them get everything ready and did the lumping and the moving and then held it. So I had literally a firsthand education. I'm holding these amazing items and the auctioneers describing them and I'm touching them and, and seeing them and then seeing the prices they're going for. And it just snowballed. I took all of that knowledge and I went, what Gary V is doing today was sure. telling you, to, you know, go out and uh, you know, uh, garage sales, garage sales. I was doing that 10 years before that and doing a hundred K a year. So you taught Gary Vaynerchuk everything uh, he knows, right? I don't that... know if you said I taught him, but, <laughs> but he might've saw me somewhere. Okay. But, but I mean, what he's saying is absolutely real. Like I was banging a hundred K. Now this was in upstate New York where everybody's grandmother had an attic full of crap and a basement full of crap. And it was, they still owned all the things that all the relatives prior, you know, had passed along down here in South Florida. Like, Everybody sells all their junk up there and then moves to Florida. There's hardly anything down here. Sure. So sure. It's, a, it's a bear market down here for sure. Um, but, uh, but up there, it was amazing and, and it worked. So then I did that for a while. And um, that's when I ended up moving down here. Okay. Know, uh, okay. I had uh, somebody from the Antiques Roadshow TV show actually was a friend of mine. And I got tired of being in New York. It was a, I got stuck in a snowstorm on the New York State Thruway for six hours. That was it. That was it. That was it. I, I'd already been fed up to here. And then the snowstorm hit and I was stuck on the throughway and it was just, that's it. Sure. So uh, I reached out to my friend, Laura, and I said, hey, do you want to buy everything in my store, everything in my shop, all my, I'm going to Florida. Wow. Yeah, so just, just like that. And you sold everything and then just done, came down here. Done. Out. Interesting. So looking back, great move, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, everything, you know. A lot of people say, if I could only go back and tell myself something, I mean, there's a few things I would tell myself, like maybe stay in the Navy for another 20 years, get the pension, things like that. The struggle would be less, but you know, um, it's really 
whatever you've done in your past, you've done in your past. It's helped you get to where you are today. No doubt about that. And good, bad, ugly. I've been in trouble with the law. I've done all sorts of stuff. I mean, I was a kid. (laughs) Right, right. There was no internet. (laughs) But everything led you to where you are today. And I think that's a really important for anyone listening. I mean, no matter where you are, I mean, everything you've done up until this point leads you to where you're going. And and as much as certain things, maybe we'd like to change about our lives. Maybe it's not a good idea to do that because it brought you to this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still a few things I'd I'd say, like take care of your teeth better and, uh, you know, (laughs) don't, don't drink those extra, you know, sugar sodas and little things like that but yeah, yeah it's it's uh, so now but now you're here. an entrepreneur right now you have your own business oh, yeah. right i mean what are, what are, i mean what oh, are yeah. some of the things you found being in your own business as far as lessons learned if you're the most important one that i still struggle with other than being on time um <laughs> is if you're not good at something hire somebody immediately like don't don't jerk around right don't right. wait don't oh i'll get to it i'll figure it out i am horrible at bookkeeping like i know where the pennies are i know what's in the account i know what's coming and going i've never bounced a check things like that but i'm horrible with the receipts and the, the this higher bookkeeper like just get it done sure you know you know things like that if, if you're not good at something just immediately hire somebody even if it's not quite the right person you can learn from that hiring to make your second hiring better makes that, makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah it, it the struggles of having these things weigh on you that aren't getting done because you didn't bring somebody in to help. We'll just weigh you down and weigh you down. And then it, it keeps your business from growing. Absolutely. You know? And I think I'm still guilty of that in certain aspects. You can't always be perfect No. but at least I'm knowledgeable. Like, Oh, that's an Avenue to get out of this predicament. Yeah, no, very well said. So for someone listening right now and mm. the, they're hearing about restaurant week, they're interested in it. Where do they go? They go right to your website, correct? Sizzledining.com. Sizzledining.com. Now, yep. once we go into there, what do we expect to see? What does it look like? Um, well, it's not the, it's the, if you go on your mobile, it's better because the okay. website was technically built for mobile versus mm-hmm. desktop because everybody like 70% of our visitors were mobile. Um, but with when you hit the website, you're going to see basically two buttons that are really the most important. You know, the list of restaurants where you can go and see a long list broken out by city, or you can just see all the menus. And that's technically probably the most visited button, or, or actually not technically, no doubt the most visited button is the all restaurants button. So every menu is listed on there for every restaurant that you have? Every menu that the restaurants have given us to date. Now this year, the restaurants seem to be a little slower because... Sadly, they're doing, there's a lot of um, procurement problems right sure. now. There, sure. um, one restaurant had a particular protein on the dish. It's no longer available at the price that he needed it to be to fit the sizzle. So they right. have to change the menu again. So there's a couple of days you take the old menu down off the website. You wait for the, the new one to come or the proof and you put it back up. So when you go to the website right now currently, but by the time this is aired, all of them should be up there without any doubt. I think we're only missing like seven or eight. Okay. Okay. So yeah, sorry. No, that's, that's great. So I wanted to give everyone kind of a visual of what to expect. So you go on there, you could view the web, the the menu, kind of see what interests you. And then next step, call the restaurant, open table, whatever it may be. Is that. That's what we try to do. We Mm -hmm. have four easy steps to participate. Okay. Um, Go to our websites, take a look at all of the amazing restaurant menus that are up there. Find the one that you like, call and make your reservation and enjoy so it's pretty simple. Pretty simple. You okay. don't have to buy tickets. You don't have to uh, do anything special. 
find the restaurant that you want to go to or restaurants, if I can employ you to try more than one. Sure. It's three weeks long. Yeah, plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, find the restaurants that you like and, and look at their menus and just make a reservation. There's a few that don't take reservations like um, Artisan Eatery in Fort Myers. Amazing menu on there, too. Pork chop was like two inches thick. Wow. But uh, they don't take reservations. So he said, just come on it. You know, it's a, from their five o'clock dinner until whenever they So they close. don't take reservations. They oh, don't. Wow. Okay. They're a smaller cafe-ish kind of feel. Okay. Um, but he was the executive chef at a major hotel restaurant. Um, he really knows what he's doing. They've won some major awards. I think they were best restaurant and best new chef. He, wow. He's done some great things there. So, but the feel of it is more kind of casual, sit back, relax. So you didn't need a reservation. So, so we'd say make a reservation so the restaurant knows how many people are coming, but it's not really needed. You just walk in any of them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm curious. So you mentioned yeah. pricing before, and I'm yeah. assuming, and you tell me if I'm correct, the pricing this year is probably a little different than it was in the past. It was. Uh, Inflation, yep. supply chain, hiring. So are you noticing a difference in that regard? Absolutely. Yeah. This year, out of all the years that we've done Restaurant Week, has been the hardest for the restaurants to hit the price point. And prior to restaurant week, prior to, to this year's restaurant week kind of getting up and running, I polled a lot of uh, people who go out to enjoy restaurant week. A lot of the customers that I have via my email database. And I asked them, you know, with pricing and everything happening and where do you feel a value would be? And we came up with this 32 and 42. Now, Last year it was uh, twenty nine thirty nine, so okay. it's gone up three dollars. Okay. Not we, that much considering where inflation is right now. Yeah, the restaurants wished it was like two dollars more. Okay, you know okay. every dollar really does matter. Um, but uh, when we first started, it was twenty five and thirty five. Okay, so back in two thousand sixteen. So it's come a little bit of a ways as everything is kind of well, sure. gone up and stuff. Uh, moving forwards for next year's event. It might be at the same price. It might be a dollar more, you know, in that in that neck, depending on how things go and politics. Well, I guess we'll have to see where inflation is by that point next year. Hopefully yeah. it's lower than it is today, but I guess uh, no one knows the answer to that yet. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So clearly you're a great example of someone who's followed their passion. And there are people listening right now, I'm sure, who's saying there's certain things that I wish I could do or that interest me and I'd love to make that a career. What what career advice, I guess, do you have for someone kind of thinking that right now, hearing your story and saying, wow, I love that. It's so inspirational. I would love to do the same thing. I mean, you know, they, they always say, follow your passion. You'll never have to work. I mean, we've heard that. I mean, you still have to work. It's yeah. actually, I think it's harder being self-employed. I envy my wife. She goes to work. She does her job. She comes home. She doesn't have to think about anything at her job. Sure. It's completely like, I wish I had that in a way. And so being an entrepreneur doesn't really allow you that, you know, you want to get rid of the, the nine to five. Now you're working 24 seven. That's how it is. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. Correct. Right. But when you find something that you like passion, I guess might be the word, you know, too, but when you find something that you like or something that you enjoy, something that brings you joy. Um, it makes it a little easier to swallow that pill. Sure it sure. does, yeah. You know, these long hours with restaurant week, I and mean, I tell the restaurants, look, it's two hours to do a photo shoot. It's at least two hours to do all the editing. Then it's at least two hours to get all of your assets ready to be promoted across 10 different channels, you know, and then follow up with all of that. So, I mean, you're like 
six hours in just on that alone. And then the whole marketing and then stuff like this. I mean, sure. it's an amazing amount of hours, but when you really believe in what you're doing, when you have that, um, the charitable aspect to it also helps, I think it makes it a little easier. So to kind of answer that, I'd, I'd say, you know, find something that you enjoy. I mean, maybe it is your passion. It doesn't have to be, but mm-hmm. if you enjoy it, you don't even have to do it for the rest of your life. You can do it for the next two years. I mean, I was antiques for several years. I worked in the fishing tackle industry for a few years. You don't have to do it forever. Right. You know, right. you can move on. You're allowed to. Nobody's going to judge you. So yeah. it's just what's well, going to get you up in the morning. You know, right now everybody gets up and the, the alarm goes off. They jump out of bed. They rush into work. They're working for somebody else to help them make money. And they might not enjoy that. You got to find something that, that when you get up in the morning, you're kind of happy about it. And, you know, maybe a lot of work, but you're happy about it. Absolutely. That's, that's the best way. Sounds like you have a supportive wife as well. From what I hear, yes. tell me if I'm, if I'm yes. incorrect, but I think the, the way you met yes. is pretty uh, interesting story. Maybe yeah. if you don't mind sharing that with us. Yeah. So when I first moved down here in 07, obviously didn't really know anybody, even though I'd been here for many, many years, it's with the parents and your child and you don't really know anybody. And so um, being a tech person with my tech background, uh, Twitter had just come out. And so I jumped on Twitter and, uh, you know, during my off time, I'm on Twitter. And back then when Twitter first started, it was more of a um, if you remember this, anybody, you know, was has been on Twitter since way, way back then, it was more of like a lot of tweets all day long. What are you doing right now? Like, right. Oh, I'm going to the bathroom. Oh, I'm getting ice cream. Oh, I'm opening the fridge. It, sure. was, it was kind of crazy, you know, back then, but it was really meant to be that realness of, you know, what's out there because Twitter back in the day, other than, you know, Facebook started in 0506 for college, there wasn't any social media out there letting the world know what's going on. Right. And so Twitter started out being that. And so I jumped on and was really enjoying it and meeting some people here in Southwest Florida. There was a few others. And I was like, oh, this is neat. Other techie people and and me being new down here and everything. I wanted to meet some friends and meet some people. And so long story short, I I was flipping through the, the local profiles and there's this picture of two women. And the one on the left was just had the most amazing eyes. And I friended her and we tweeted for a little bit. And then I uh, DM'd and said, you know, which one of the two in the picture are you? <laughs> Hoping it was the one on the left. Right, right. And No offense to the one on the right, but. None. She knows the story too. She laughs. <laughs> and uh, it was the girl on the left. It was her. Interesting. And so I was like, oh, and, and we're just tweeting innocent. You know, I'm not one of those jumping in your DMs and, you know, type. I'm, I d- didn't do that at all. Yeah. But it was more of just, a, you know, get to know you. And uh, then she made a tweet one day about watching a movie or this and that. And so I jokingly said, hey, I'll come over and watch it with you. And she's like, oh, my boyfriend wouldn't like that. And I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> so immediately I backed up. And a couple months later, you know, we're still tweeting. We're still friends and everything. But, you know, I respect that completely. Sure. A couple months later, I tweeted and I said, oh, Tiesto's coming to town back at Sway back okay. in the day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, who's all going? And she wrote me and said, uh, or tweeted back and said, hey, I'm going. I was like, oh, great. Is your boyfriend going too? And she's like, I don't have a boyfriend You were hoping anymore. for that, weren't was, you? You was, were I hoping was, for it. I was, I was. And she's like, I don't have a boyfriend anymore. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I'm in. And uh, sadly, I didn't even go to the concert. Really? Yeah. So I owned a Martin's Potato Bread distribution down here. Okay. When I came down, I bought the distribution 
rights to Martin's potato bread. And um, so I had trucks on the road and delivering to 40 different between Publix, Walmart and all that crap. And, and um, one of my drivers called in that night, like last minute, like I'm sick, can't go. So, you know, got to make the donuts. Sure. Got to get out there. <laughs> so one o'clock in the morning, I'm like out there delivering bread. And, wow. Uh, but I met her the next day at Starbucks. She doesn't even drink coffee. And I met her the next day at Starbucks and we've been together ever since. That's amazing. It's, uh, it's a good story. I yeah. like that. Twitter, the dating app, uh, yeah. we could call it now, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, funny how it all came together and everything like that. And um, that was 08. And then uh, we got married in 12. Okay. Been together 10 years. 10 years. Wow. 10 year anniversary this September. So very nice. Very nice. Ooh. Well, as much as we don't want to go back to the pandemic, I, I do want yeah. to just mention it just a little bit because in your business and restaurants, I mean, obviously that that was a, a big impact. What was it like for the restaurants and for your business in general during the pandemic? As we all know, it was like hell on earth. Sure. You know, having to pivot, having to figure it all out. Luckily, without turning this into, you know, different podcast we had good people in charge of our state. Mm -hmm. I feel good people in charge sure. of our state that uh, didn't allow it to escalate and go on and on and on and on and on. And, you know, it worked out. Knock on wood, it worked out. Yeah. I mean, it could have yeah. went a completely different way. Knock on wood, it worked out. Everything seemed to go good. So for a brief period of time, I remember the restaurants and the breweries too, really kind of like commiserating and like, oh, what are we going to do and how to figure this out? So even though we were technically open down here, you still had a lot of people men mentally wise not going out. So the numbers kind of were wonky for a little while. But then, and this might be quite surprising, um, the feedback I've gotten from multiple restaurants from 3rd Street, 5th Ave, all the way up to Fort Myers, Cape Coral, was that the last two years has been, other than these little hiccups, certain areas have been amazing for the restaurants. That's what they, I've been hearing as well. Yeah, it is they, amazing. Yeah. They, um, and, and, and I've talked to restaurants. So when I'm on the clubhouse app and I talk to restaurants around the world and not all of them are saying the same thing. There's a lot of different States that didn't, didn't have this rebound or this, this swelling effect. So Florida or our area got really lucky. Yeah. Would. So they still struggled though, because there's hiring and then there's this whole what quiet quitting thing going on today. Yes, there is. You know, and um, th there's just a lot of other things they have to deal with and then the rising prices. So it's been a struggle for them, even though they're, yes, they're busier. We've got more people down here and, and they had a great year. Everything cost more. So to them, they actually took a negative hit because when you added it all up, okay, you know, if you sell $10 worth of stuff and you got $9 worth of cost and the year before you only had $7 worth of cost, you've taken a hit. Of course. Yeah. Even though you yeah. sold more money. So it, it doesn't, it didn't work that way. So it's been wonky for them, but they're doing their best. I know they're, they're really, some have doubled down on marketing. Some have changed their menus. Some have really, you know, tried to open up and, and allow different things um, to make sure. it all work. Even off season now. I mean, we're in August right now and restaurants are still pretty busy. Yeah, the traffic here was crazy. Well, traffic, yeah, like, of course it is. Can't believe it's Still August. A lot of people down here right now, which is yeah. more unusual, as you know. Yeah. Um, just curious, what's your favorite food? Bacon. Bacon. Okay. Bacon. 
Then Who doesn't then, like bacon? Then tacos. <laughs> then a good burger. Then a good slice of pizza. Yeah. Well, I'm from New York as okay, well. Okay. Yes. So I, I get slice, it. Yeah. yeah. Slice. And a pie. And a pie. And right? a pie. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Not deep dish. No, no, not deep dish. Interesting. Okay. Um, any kind of parting words for anybody really listening and saying, again, this this restaurant week, I want to I want to participate. I haven't done it before. Yeah. Um, just kind of go right into it. Go on your site. Check it out. The most important thing I would really tell everybody is um, please go out and try and support some of the restaurant, more than one restaurant, more than your favorite restaurant, really. It's not really the support. It's try something new because everybody, I don't know if I said this already, but everybody has these four or five places that are stuck in their head. Sure. When, you know, hey, honey, where do you want to go to dinner? You immediately have got four or five to choose from. You're comfortable. You know where to park. You know the server. You know the menu. You know the pricing. You know the ambiance. You're going to get a table. Like, you know these things so they feel comfortable to you. The one thing I would ask everybody listening is please break outside your comfort zone. Try out of 49 restaurants, amazing menu. Some of them have really gone above and beyond even with four courses. Try something you've never been to at least once. Sure. You know, that, that'll help the restaurants, it'll help the charity, and maybe you'll find something special that'll really blow your mind. I love it. That's what I love about your website, and that's why I was asking, because it's a great way for people to go on there and just preview these restaurants, right? Yep. And like you said, because we always have these four or five, as you mentioned, that we always go to, and then there are others that we enjoy, but we forget about. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I do that. That's true. And it's not because they're bad. For some reason, they just it escapes my mind, yeah. and I forget about it. I usually actually write it down. Yeah. I find that's a good way to kind of keep track when my wife and I want to go out to a restaurant. But going to your site, I think, is, is something everybody listening right now should do because Please. it's a great way to not only see the restaurants that participate, but also see the menus that are out there. And like you said, just try something different. Yeah, very true. Yeah. And to add one thing to that, too, is... You can also go to any of our social between TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. We go and uh, do photo shoots at the restaurants and video shoots. So if you find a menu that you like, you can go to our social page and you can look in the photo albums and see the photos of those dishes taken just this year. Okay. And you're going to exactly, we make sure when the chefs cook that this is exactly what it's going to look like, the exact portion size, so that everybody can see what they're going to get. So it's not just about reading the menus. People eat with their eyes. Sure. Look at these amazing pictures and these videos and tell me that you're not going to try a new place when you see some of these, these dishes. They're, they're going to be great. Well said. Very helpful. Thank you. Hey, Guy, thank you for being on the show today. Really, really enjoyed this. Um, again, it's a topic that I personally <laughs> love, so it was really easy to talk about. So thank you again for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Greatly appreciate uh, you having me and bon appetit. Bon appetit. <laughs> 